3: You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Derek Johnson and Nick Springer on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Depend on it.
4: Hey, what's happening? Welcome in to another edition of Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. Hey. And on today's edition of the show, we're going to be joined by Shreyas Lada at 340 to talk a little KU basketball, talk a little Grady Dick. Uh, we have our Chiefs offseason preview. We'll look at the offense coming up in the 4 o'clock hour. Some Big 12 men's basketball conversation. Dan Fitzgerald, the KU baseball head coach, going to join us at 505 after they uh, won their opening season series last week down in texas against valparaiso and then another edition of florida man mad libs a little bit after that so uh starting off the show here this is something i remember the show did last year and uh it ended up being a fun little conversation i think that came out of it so we're gonna do it again today we're also gonna do it tomorrow uh one thing we did last year we did we did a drafting of reasons why Kansas will win the title and why they won't win the title. So basically okay. what are their uh, what are the biggest strengths that could lead to them winning a national championship? What are their their potential fatal flaws that, you know, if they do lose in the NCAA tournament, we're going to look back on it in the aftermath and go, <clears throat> yeah, kind of made sense when you see that deficiency that they've shown all season. Okay. And, and well, it is,
1: gonna, I mean they're going to win. So there's yeah, no point I mean, in drafting why they're it, gonna lose it is a bit of a.
4: Well, we'll do the uh, we'll do the reasons why KU wouldn't win a title to open up tomorrow's show. Today, okay. we're going to do the positive note why KU okay. will win go. a title. Right? Gotta set the show off positively. Yeah. This. So, uh, biggest reasons why they will win a title, and we're going to draft different reasons. You can come up with whatever reason you want. You can I don't know. You can pull a Scott Drew reason and say, "Well, they're KU. They'll get all the calls. That's a joke. Please don't. Okay. Be mad at me. Um, Kansas City." Yeah, you could say that. Hey, they'll they'll have like home court advantage, basically. You know, whatever whatever reason you want to go with. Okay. And I am nice enough. I will give you the first pick. We don't we don't need to serpentine. This okay. we need. To, this isn't like a you know competitive okay. draft. So uh, I will let you have the first pick. What what is uh, a reason why KU can win the title?
1: All right, I'm I'm between two options here, and I think I am going to with my first pick, I'm going to select Bill Self. Best Great coach. reason. Yeah. Best coach in the country, he gets it done. He's he's so consistent in March. With I mean, this dude gets to the Elite Eight half the times he goes to the tournament. Oh, by the way, he's never been lower than a four seed ever, <laughs>
4: and that ain't changing this year. KU could <laughs> KU could lose their next three games in the Big Twelve tournament, game. And they are still getting a, like a three seed, right?
1: Two, yeah, two or three. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm gonna take I'm gonna take my
4: boy Bill. No, I, th- I think that's probably as good of a reason as you could have. You have the best coach in the sport. Yes. And, you know, one thing that has been a commonality when you look at some of the other best coaches in college basketball history. Okay. They've all had a a run where maybe over a four- or five-year period, it's incredible. Like, Coach K had the four straight Final Four appearances. Yeah. And they won, I think, two titles out of it in, like, the 90s Um, for... Florida won back-to-back. Florida won back-to-back, yeah. Uh, Villanova had that run with, yeah. with uh, Jay John White. Calpari made four straight Final Fours. Uh, I don't know. You you go through, and there, there are usually these runs for these guys, and I wonder that's what Bill Self is about to be on. And as much as I have discussed the fact that it's so hard to repeat and you don't see it anymore, you're in a position that well, you have a real chance to do it.
1: Even further to that point about not repeating and, and it being difficult is – I think in the since, like, the 70s, it's only happened four times, right? And of all those four times, the common theme of those teams that repeated was they brought back a significant majority of their production from the team that won it the first year. That's the complete opposite of no. this Kansas team. So, like, if Bill Selford won the national title again this year with this KU team— it's more impressive, I think, probably than those other teams. I yeah, mean, you I, look I, at like like Florida, for example. Florida brought back like ninety five like five first round picks. Yeah. And they brought them all back. Yeah, they brought back like ninety five percent of their scoring. <laughs> you know, it doesn't okay. happen <laughs>
4: exactly,
1: <laughs> right? So, meanwhile, on the flip side, you look at Kansas. They lost like eighty percent of their scoring. You lose Ochai. You lose CB. You lose Dave, the guy that won you the national championship with the with the bucket. You lose uh, Remy Martin, who was instrumental in the run at least. Right? Like, like if if Bill self is able to maneuver this team to another to a consecutive national title. This might be the most impressive two year run of any team ever. Yeah. I don't know. Like pre, but like since the tournament has expanded to 64 teams or 68 teams whatever. No, I I think that's right. I mean because because I mean obviously you have like UCLA and the 19th, You have less whatever, than 30% but, of your
4: scoring from what it was the last. The tournament
1: year. was like 30 teams when they did right, it. Like right. pff, give me a break.
4: No, when UCLA was Dude, going John on their Hood, run it was like actually eight overrated teams over and sucks.
1: John Wooden's actually overrated, and he sucks. <laughs> I, uh, I'm no, not no. going to
4: go into the suck part of it, but I do think the <laughs> UCLA whole 60 70 thing very overrated because of that. I mean, there's eight teams, sixteen teams in the tournament. Like, it's so much harder there now. So much harder. <clears throat> so yeah, I, I yeah. think that's a good first reason. You have the best coach in college basketball, um, despite the fact that you've had people in the past say, "Oh, well, they don't, you know, they don't make it far enough in tournaments." Uh, very inaccurate you look at like any stat yeah. of teams who have the most And all this stuff
1: Doug perry that dude
4: sucks again I think that one is overblown as well
1: that he doesn't make it far enough in tournaments yes I mean the dude's got a hundred first round picks on his team every year and he gets beat by St Peter's and then he misses the tournament again and then I, he gets gift and then he gets an eight seed and people think he's a great coach. Because he had uh, Julius Randall on that team, <laughs> like wow, I'm shocked that your team ended up being good.
4: I'm just saying, man. Like when you, this was before last year, but John Calipari had a 74.7 win percentage before last year. I haven't updated this uh, in the NCAA tournament. Like Coach K was 76. Bill Self coming into last year was 70. John Calipari prior to last year was 19 and one in the first round. And he had made the elite eight in sixty percent of his
1: NCAA tournament appearances. He's also missed the tournament entirely.
4: He has. I know. I. I'm just saying. Like, I, I don't think that's the, the thing you want to knock on to say. Like John Calipari. No. Like he hasn't had tournament success. Ah, he kind of has. He's made final fours in thirty percent of his appearances. <clears throat> um, anyway, with Bill self- missed the tournament. That is a big knock, I think. I, I agree. Especially at a I, blue blood school. I just, you're, you're moving the bar here. But yeah, Bill Self has made the Elite Eight in 11 NCAA tournaments. He's been in the tournament 23 times. so For 50%, basically. And yeah, 150%. you're not going to win every Elite Eight game. But also, like with as good as KU has been, some of their Elite Eight struggles in the past, you feel like that's going to revert to the norm, which is going to see them win more of these Elite Eights, which we've seen over the last couple here. So uh, yeah, anyway, Bill Self, uh, good first pick. Okay, I will go... With, hmm, there's a couple good ones. I mean, I, I'm tempted to take the fact that it's just wide open this year. But yeah. Yeah. what I'm really going to go with is just, I, I don't know, Dewan Harris maybe is the uh, way I want to put this. because I wanted to pick that. We always talk about guard play wins in March. So I, I don't know if I want to say guard play slash I DeJuan Harris DeJuan. or what.
1: Yeah, I wanted to pick one,
4: But, like, we talk about guard play wins in March. And I remember having the conversation last year headed into the tournament. Like, you know, normally Dewan Harris is not the type of point guard that you think of when you think of having, uh, you know, elite guard play. You yeah, think of like, like say, Frank Mason or Devontae yeah, when Graham. When you say
1: guard play wins in March, Dewan Harris is not the first guy that pops up. No, your head. he's not. But without a doubt, he is one of the best point
4: guards in the country. Yes. And even though he doesn't do it in, in ways that other guys do it, where maybe they score 14, 15, 16 a game, he is so impactful on both ends of the floor. And I remember going into last year in the NCAA tournament, sitting there looking looking across the country and going, who is the best point guard in the country? And, and like the, who ended up winning? Do they even have, is it the Jerry West Award? Um, is that the one for, no, what's the, what's the one that goes to the point guards? Uh, it's not Jerry West. Bob Cousy. Bob Cousy. The Bob right? Cousy Award. Yeah. Who won that award last year? It was Colin Gillespie. So, proving my point Colin Gillespie, really good college player. Like, I, not knocking that at all. But like, is there that big of a difference from what Colin Gillespie was last year to Dewan Harris? Again, Colin Gillespie's putting up more points and can do a little bit more on on certain ways. Yeah, probably not. In terms of their impact, right? Like that was last year. Like the the discussion of the best point guards, it was it was Colin Gillespie and Tiger Campbell for UCL. Like this isn't some unbelievable. And, and again, like I go to this year's list. Um, like if you look at the the I don't know the Bob Cousy finalists for this year, to which you would say, oh well. And DeJuan Harris even isn't up, on though. there, right? Yeah. But he should be. But the 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 candidates you have like Antoine Davis at Detroit Mercy, that's just kind of a legacy award. He's putting up huge numbers, but whatever. Uh, Tyler Kolak is really good at Marquette. Marquise Noel at Kansas State, but we've seen Dewan Harris win those matchups head to head, right? Yeah. Kendrick Davis at Memphis, good player. Max A. puts up big numbers at Oral Roberts. There's like Mike Miles at TCU. Again, we've seen. So like you go down the list. Tiger Campbell. There's not like. A guy that you definitively go, he's better than Dewan Harris, or like, I'm clearly taking him in the matchup over Dewan Harris. And that is so yeah. helpful. You have that guy. He is a veteran. He's been in the moment. Guard play wins in March. You have one of the best point guards in the country. That's my first pick.
1: I I really, that was the pick that I was torn between. I was either going to take Bill Self or I was going to take that. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that was, yeah, I 100% agree with everything you said. I think I think that's a good reason why. All right. So. Uh, I'm looking at the options. It is wide open. That's an interesting option. But I don't. Okay, listen. I'll just say this. I feel like, for the most part, most years, there is, at one point in the year, some discourse about, well, actually, maybe it's kind of wide open this year. Oh, uh, well, we, we need to do a draft in March of like, um,
4: March isms. Where it's yes. saying wide open, the bubble is softer than ever, uh, you know, survive in advance, just different terms that, that we get on like, to. I feel like every
0: you are year, right.
1: every year leading up to the tournament, every, at some point, at some it does point, happen, Probably the discourse pops up where, well, actually, the tournament's just wide open, anybody no, can right. win the tournament. Yeah,
4: anybody can win the tournament,
1: that's why it's a tournament. But don't you think, what? though, there still are certain years, like, for instance, where you no, know, you, I know. There were some years where it was like 2014, 15, where you have Kentucky, Wisconsin, yeah, like, Arizona. You know, Gonzaga is a team that everyone thinks is going to win. Or yeah, like win, two whatever. years
4: ago, Baylor and Gonzaga. It was pretty clear that was not wide open. And those yeah. teams ended up meeting for the title game, right? Yeah. So
1: there, there are there
4: are some. But, but this, yeah, this year, year, I don't know.
1: This year, it's 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 open. Is it wide open?
4: <laughs> Hard to say. It's semi open. What
1: do you think? What do you on a scale of open to wide open? What do you think we fall? We're falling here.
4: I think it's pretty wide open. Okay.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't know. That's kind of a lame. I think that's a cop out pick, though. Honestly. Okay. Pick something else. Uh, I will go with the. I'll go with the wings. I'm going to go with Mm -hmm. Grady and Jalen. Just having great wing play. I mean, you look at how Kansas won the title last year. Great wings, CB and Oach, Right. So we know what Jalen can do, obviously. I think the concern with Grady is, like, is, is Grady going to be turned on for five, six consecutive games? Probably not, because he hasn't really even done that in the regular season. So, you hope he shows up, obviously, for some of the games. But Jalen's been the model of consistency, generally speaking. Okay. Actually, I was thinking about this. Jalen is going through a bit of a... I don't think slump is the right, right word. I mean, 12.5 like, and points, he's points he's per game over the last five. He's yeah. definitely dipped. But that's good. Get the dip now. And then you can get back out of it right when the tournament starts.
4: Possibly. So I, I talked about this yesterday after you left to go to uh, the Free State basketball game. And he's averaging 12.5 the last five. Okay. The positive to that is Baji did the same thing, and he ended up making everything in the Final Four. Yeah. Um, the negative is that he still did struggle in, like, the first couple rounds of the NCAA tournament. Yeah. So it took him a little bit to get out of it.
1: Yeah, which I don't – I mean – can Kansas afford that? I, I, Probably maybe. not this year.
4: No. Maybe, but... I think this year they have less margin for error than last year. Because last year you had more guys who could consistently get you a bucket. No,
1: that's, you definitely did. Mm-hmm. Definitely did. And that's one of the drawbacks of this team. Is like, Grady can't really score on his own. KJ can't really score on his own. DeJuan can't really... I do think
4: Grady is improving he's getting on better. it, though. He's like, getting how better. many times do we see him pump fake and then dribble once, yeah, twice, and better. then hit a mid-range... And, and, he, he's like, adding to to it. say
1: KJ can't score on his own is a bit misleading because, like, the combo of DeWan and KJ yeah. equals both of them can score. Yeah. But like, by themselves, neither one of them can particularly really score. But when you put them together, the magic happens and they can both score. Mm-hmm. But so, yes, yeah, so I'll throw Grady and Dalen on there. Really talented. Yeah. Ladies. So I'm gonna go with the next one. Reasons why KU can win the
4: title: the defense is coming along. I mean, they they've moved up to being one of the. Top 10 defenses in the country at this point. And if they keep going on this trend, maybe they end up in the top five. Um, that's certainly one thing. If you can be like elite at offense or defense, it's very, very helpful. And we talked about it after the game against TCU, but just showing the ability to ugly up a game, to make another team play bad and, and earn a victory that way, that was really important for me to see that. If the defense keeps going this way and you have those two locked down, because that's the other part of this. A lot of teams in the NCAA tournament um, you know, might have a good guard or a good wing that can score a lot. You have guys that can match up with those yes. and slow them down and make life awful for them on the offensive side of the ball. So I think if the defense continues to come along, that's that's a reason that I would want to take here.
1: I think that's fair. And listen, in the back of my mind I was thinking, you know, the defense is gonna come along just like it always does. Mm-hmm. This is what happens with yeah. those self teams. They're soft, they're soft, <laughs> they stink, they can't guard a ball screen, they can't do anything, and then in late February, they're a top-five defense. Uh, let's take two more each. Okay. All right. Um, so, I was looking at uh, – so, we got wide open. We got – they're really good in transition. Kansas is. They've got the Stars. Hmm. I, think, I think I will go with the transition play here because yeah. – in the tournament, if okay, like for example, a game like TCU for Kansas, like in the regular season, that happens and it's like okay, you just got blasted, whatever, fine. That doesn't happen in the NCAA tournament, right? So if you if you go on a run like that and and you just knock a team out early, that's it. Yeah, you're moving on. That you're done. And Kansas has shown that they they can do that. I mean, look at the Baylor game. Like this is a team that can. Score very quickly yes. in transition and do a lot of damage in the open floor. And if they're playing against a team that wants to try to match that, you like Kansas yeah. in almost every matchup. Like TCU is the only one where you were like, hey, okay, maybe TCU might be a little better, but can you beat TCU in Fort Worth? So that sucks, TCU. <laughs> You're not as good anymore.
4: Um, so I, I, I do like that one. A lot of times NCAA tournament games slow down more and there are less transition opportunities. That means you really have to take advantage of the ones that you get. Which Kansas, Kansas. Kansas does. Yeah. And, and think about the opportunity it affords you because that allows you to have an onslaught of points like in the North Carolina game where you're able to come back easier. So I yeah. think that's a good one. The next one I would take was would just be team versatility. Um, we have kind of seen this in certain matchups where like, if KU is playing against a... Stretch five, like for instance, when they played against Tanner Groves, KJ Adams has basically eliminated him because he, it's not your normal lurking big man where he can't get out defensively and guard the guy from three. No, he can. So if you're playing in the second round, some mid major who, you know, has a six, eight big man who's not as big as you, but he's shooting threes for most teams, that's a matchup nightmare. For you, it's not. It's really not. And I think because of the fact you could say, well, but what about their versatility defending a, a true big man? Well, I mean, KJ's done pretty well in some of those matchups. Like, think back to Shebae, but the development it. of Ernest Uday.
1: As I'm saying. I think a month ago, you would not pick this. No, no. You would not pick this at all. And because you because play they three wings, really have that versatility.
4: wings allow you to play in a versatile way, right? So I, I think the team versatility, because of that growth of Ernest, uh, that's one that I wanted, wanted, wanted to go with, because you're going to see a bunch of different matchups, a bunch of different styles in the NCAA yeah. tournament.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but I think a month ago... You would maybe put this almost as a reason why they wouldn't win. Yeah. <laughs> why they wouldn't win, but now with 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 Ernest, you feel a lot better about that, and we've seen Kevin McCuller what he can do. So now, yes, all of a sudden, mm-hmm. it's like okay, you feel pretty good about that. Feel pretty good. All right, one more. Right, Should I get one more? All mm-hmm. right, uh, I think I will just go with the wide open for the tournament because, like we kind of alluded to earlier, like there's not really any. Any really elite teams, and I think, I think depending on how the bracket shakes out, you're gonna feel pretty good about this Kansas team. Like, you know they're tested, you know they're tested from the Big Twelve tournament from or from the Big Twelve conference play. So you know that this is going to be a team that is going to understand how to handle pressure situations. I think we I talked about this back in like I don't know like early January and haven't really talked about it again. But the idea that in the Big Twelve when you play multiple games over the course of a couple of different weeks that come down to the last three minutes, come down to the last four minutes, come down to the last two minutes, where you, like, even if you lose the game or whatever, it's basically practice for a high-pressure, high-level tournament game, right? And I, I, I legitimately think this is, I guess this is not really something that you could, like, quantify, I guess, but I think that has to benefit your team when you head into the tournament because... You've already played ten, fifteen games over the course of the season in Big Twelve play. Where, yeah, it's come down the last two minutes. Like you've had to, make, you've had to make a stop or you had to hit a shot. And I think some of these other teams from other of the from the other bad conferences aren't going to have that. Aren't going to have that same level of experience. And so I think that kind of ties into it being wide open. Is that you have the advantage there if you're Kansas in basically every game you feel like. I think a good way of putting that is battle tested. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's uh, you Cause know, like, dude, is like a Duke or whatever going to be battle-tested. No, they win games by 20. Yeah. Every conference game is a 20-point game because the ACC sucks. Well, and we also saw, I mean, with with the experience for
4: the guys that are back, like battle-tested from last year's tournament, too. Like, yeah. that's, that's that's helpful. You could probably take experience. I won't here, though. Uh, I'm just going to say having a go-to option late in games, which it's mostly Jalen Wilson, but maybe depending on the matchup, you would go with somebody else like a Grady Dick or something. But Could be Grady. having a go-to option late in games – um we've seen some other ku teams that haven't gone as far as the tournament maybe you don't really have that guy like you know a couple years ago when they get blown out to usc you didn't really have that guy so I, i think just having that it it opens up everything and and gives you somebody clearly to go where it even if it's not him shooting the last shot having that decoy out there to open somebody up uh Elsewhere, I think, is important. So, yeah, that was our uh, reasons why KU can win the title. We'll do reasons why KU wouldn't win the title on tomorrow's show. We're going to take a time out, though. Shreyas Lada is going to join us in about 15 minutes from right now. Some KU women's basketball audio coming up next. This is RCST. Welcome back in to Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Derek Johnson with Nick Springer. And uh, now joined by Shreyas Lada of the Kansas City Star, which I highly recommend checking out his latest feature on Grady Dick. He also uh, has you know work up from after the TCU game and whatnot, but uh, we'll get into that Grady Dick feature because it was really good, and I, I want to discuss that. But I guess first things first here: KU takes down TCU on Monday night, sixty-three to fifty-eight. What was your biggest takeaway from the game for Kansas?
3: Uh, I think the biggest takeaway by far is KU's defense has really upped it up a notch. Uh, I think they're ninth in defensive efficiency, according to Ken Palm. Um, and, you know, they didn't score for nearly five minutes of the last game. They like hit a bucket, and they still won the game. It tells you how good K's defense has gotten. Um, the offense wasn't anything particularly good to write home about, but the defense did just well enough to make sure they escaped forward with a victory.
4: Is, is there a recent game or performance, whether it's TCU or Baylor, one of the games prior to that over these last few weeks, that maybe to you has been most telling – about what this Kansas team is or is becoming right now,
3: I think it's probably Baylor game. Uh, you know, they looked pretty bad in the uh, first half against Baylor. Um, you know, they hung around and then they switched, going from five out. You know, switching everything uh, to you know making sure guys kind of stuck on their men and stuff like that. And the defense just completely flipped. You know, Baylor went from making nine threes a game, I think, or nine threes in the game in the first half. To only making, I think, one or two in the second half. Um, And and it just tells you that level of defensive awareness and and feeling KU has when they make the right adjustments. Um, And I was super impressed because Baylor's a a top 10 team in the country, a team that was really is, uh, you know, in the hunt for the title race. Um, I think they're a little game back right now of Texas and uh, and KU, but I, I just felt like that game shows you how good Kansas is to do it against a team that, you know, is really, really good as Baylor is. And they did it in a way where they weren't looking that great initially, and they made the adjustments, um, and they came out of uh, Allen Fieldhouse with a pretty big victory against a team that uh, I think most would consider a deep tournament threat.
4: Are there, as as KU moves forward, and uh, they are improving so much, but are there still any avenues or maybe individual players of uh, boosts that you think could still be there for Kansas to improve even more over these coming games?
3: Yeah, I think so. I think the bench is probably the way to look at. It. Obviously, Artisco has done a great job, I think, of you know doing what he can do, in, which means playing great defense, boxing out guy. Bounds they need and making sure that they get the traditional big man game. And, you know, I think that along with it, if you can get a little more from Yesu and Pettiford on scoring avenue, um, I think that would be great. And those flashes of a couple of games where he's off and, you know, overall did a great job scoring. He hasn't If they can get him to maybe score five, ten points a game consistently, it opens up KU's bench options a little more and gives KU a little more on the uh, starters' rest, and it just gives KU more options to play different lineups.
4: We're talking with Shreyas Lada of the Kansas City Star here on Rock Chalk Sports Talk. And uh, now after the results last night, Baylor loses to Kansas State. Texas beats Iowa State, so Kansas and Texas tied up for the Big 12 title race with with three games to go. Certainly, Texas' schedule moving forward is a little tougher than uh, what Kansas has to do, but Kansas does still have to go down to Austin to play a return trip against Texas. What do you feels like the most logical or the most likely scenario to happen here for the Big 12, and, and what do you think is KU's best path to to winning the Big 12 here?
3: Obviously, KU's Ask is probably out but in the scenario they don't do that you wanna if you're a jayhawks fan you hope texas loses a game uh before that final showdown in austin uh because at that point if texas loses a game and kansas takes care of business against west virginia and texas tech at home which uh, i think a ku fan uh adam found a great stat in the bill self era: in the last two home games they're 38 and zero they haven't lost uh in the last two home games um and obviously West Virginia and Texas Tech are on the lower end of the conference, so you expect the Kansas to take care of those games. Um, at that point, if they take care of those games, Texas drops one of either Baylor or TCU, they have at least a share of the title at that point. And if they win, they obviously win outright the title. So what you're looking at, the most likely scenario is I think something like that happens where Texas drops one of those games. Ken Pomp projects Texas to drop both of those games. And funnily enough, they think Texas will win at home naturally. Uh, against Kansas, but in that scenario, it won't matter because Texas has dropped both games, Kansas has won out, and te- uh, Kansas wins the conference. Um, I think there's a weird scenario where if Kansas goes 1-2 and two with that one win being against Texas, and Texas loses 0-3, and, and theoretically Baylor goes 3-0 and 0, and Kansas State goes 3-0, and 0, it could be a three-way tie for the conference, but I don't see that happening. I think a lot would have to go right for Kansas State and Baylor and wrong for Kansas and Texas overall, um, I think the most likely scenario is Kansas wins two, Texas drops one, and then you look at that final game as being either the outright winner uh, or Kansas comes away with at least a share if they lose that game.
4: Uh, KU takes on West Virginia on Saturday, second meeting with the Mountaineers. First one was, was played in Morgantown, and that was one of KU's easier wins earlier on in the season. Is there anything that sticks out to you about the second matchup with uh, West Virginia coming into town on Saturday?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, West Virginia looks uh, a little better at points than they did last season, uh, or earlier this season, sorry. And uh, their offense is 17th efficiency rank on and Ken Palm's so obviously they, they're going to get KU fits in that realm. Uh, but Kansas did a really good job last time of keeping them off the boards. Uh, this West Virginia team is a pretty physical team, um, and they do a decent job of. Rebounding. I think they're top 30 in the nation in offensive rebounding percentage. And uh, so if Kansas can really do what they did last time, Jalen Wilson, I think, had 12, 13 rebounds that game. Uh, if they can keep West Virginia off the boards and uh, kind of keep track of Stevenson, they should walk out of there with, I think, a pretty decent margin of victory. Uh, I think West Virginia just doesn't have the uh, defensive firepower up with Kansas's offense. And uh, I think the way to victory for Kansas is limiting. West Virginia on the boards and quieting down the West Virginia offense that's led by a tremendous guard in Stevenson.
4: Uh, we're talking with Trace Latta Again, check out his latest piece. Uh, well, I guess not latest at this point with uh, the KUTCU game and everything and some of those Big 12 title scenarios. But uh, just wrote an awesome feature on Grady Dick who uh, certainly seems like he's trending toward being a one-and-done. Uh, what was maybe something, as, as you were writing the story, as you were collecting all this information and doing interviews, was, was there something that maybe surprised you most about Grady Dick?
3: I think, you know, that, that answer where I asked him, like, what do you want your legacy to be at Kansas? And he was very, like, I want to be remembered as the guy who did all the dirty work. You know, who did whatever can they, he can do to win. I thought that was a re- scenario I you know like there is you know I asked him point blank you know do you expect to you know go to the NBA draft or this and that and he was like I'm not thinking about it right now like obviously I appreciate that you know I'm being ranked in the lottery and all that but he's like my whole focus right now is making sure KU comes out with another title um he's like I can figure out all that stuff after the season uh but I, I was really impressed with his you know kind of tenacity to really go out there and want to be this guy that's not just known as a shooter. I think we've seen that throughout the season where there's been games where Grady's been ice cold from three and, and, you know, just the entire floor, but he's gone out and gotten 10, 12 rebounds a game, done what he needs to do or had a couple of key steals and that's helped, you know, turn the momentum around for Kansas in some games. Um, And I've just been super impressed because you don't see a lot of what he does on the court in a freshman. He has tremendous basketball IQ and, uh, you know, his work ethic is, I think, second to none, I think, uh, for us. And I just came away impressed with a kid who seems to have it a lot more figured out than I did at 18 years old or 19 years old, um, which I thought was really great. And, and I think is a great sign for, um, obviously, him moving forward, but just kind of a testament to how he's been raised. And, um, you know, I, I, I think he, Kansas has got a really special player in Grady Dick. And you don't get a lot of those players that good, this young, between his maturity and his just play style and overall play um, as a freshman.
4: Well, I know uh, a conversation that was had before the season, and there have been different mentions of this about how, you know, he kind of came into Kansas almost expecting to be a, a two-year player, and that was kind of the plan for him. Um, I know, like you said, when you asked him about it, he, he said he wasn't really focused on it. But if you had to, if you had to chalk up a percentage – uh, that Grady Dick returns to Kansas next year because I mean you don't really see guys who are projected to be lottery picks come back to school really anymore. Uh, what per what percentage would you give that?
3: I'm gonna say like 25 percent, maybe. That's probably a little high, to be honest with you. I just I just don't see it. I like I like I look at it, I look at it and you don't want to go back and not like do as well as you did last year, which I think would. I think you would do better, but. So, if you're a projectile lottery pick, you're anywhere from, you know, right now, most drafts have from six to like, you know, 12, 13. It's too hard to turn that down. Um, and obviously, you just, you know, I, I, just, I, I, I asked him in that piece. Even he was a little surprised how great he's been this season. It tells you how perfect he's been in the system. Uh, and with a lot of these guys, like the one and Will. Etc., you know how good the team will be next year. You don't know how good the guys coming in will be. So you just want to go out there and get it guaranteed. And, you know, like every month around, that i Brady's trending upwards. So I think it's just really hard to turn that off. Uh, and I think, obviously, there are some to on, like lateral times. but he's showcased an ability to get needed. Um, it's lateral equipment one of the top recommendations according to his dad and, and the um, kind of test for it uh, but like just overall i think you look at it and you think of where he is and what to prove on i think it makes most sense so, yeah obviously not his family gonna make that judgment call but i think most likely ends up
4: Talking with Shreya Slada of the Kansas City Star. Again, you can you can kind of check out that uh, article and that feature in the Star and at KansasCity.com. dot com. Well, you're an NBA guy too, right? You, you like watching the NBA. What, what do you kind of envision Grady Dick looking like in his pro career?
3: You know, it's really I, I I'm curious, I Think I was talking to his trip that he could be Taylor Parsons on on a bigger scale, like like a much better shooter than. Was. obviously we're talking about time Chandler Parsons, not the, the Chandler Park a lot of money because he never played any game. Uh, but you know, I, I think he could be a guy who can come off the bench and be like six man of the year contender. Um if his defense continues to get better he focuses his ability to raise the ball. He could be that guy who can be the on a championship team. Um, you know, I could see um, like if he works on it he's, Showcase his uh, and stuff like that. See that Ray Allen uh, uh, late in tenure at you know, Boston, where he puts up for game, plays pretty good defense, and has that, you know, the ball with offense on his hands. We have seen a ton of He's one of the the guys that that can create offense with the ball. Um, I want to see that, or I think he can be. A superstar or a star, but his shooting ability can keep him, you know, around in the end game for a very long time. Uh, I think the big thing for him Houston, has up to defense. How can he showcase um how good is offense? And if it is he, he be a primary ball handler, take, you know, pair of the rock do with that without turning it over, you could see a guy who's a star a couple of times, uh, just works on that but that's kind of how I project. and a lot of variables, but I think he's going to be at the NBA at very long whether it's the six-man type or you know the third star as he that wins
4: the he is Shrey Lada. uh again check out that feature on Grady Dick and uh, all of his work over in the Kansas City Star and at KansasCity.com Shreyas appreciate the time as always man thanks for having me that was Shreya Lada, Kansas City star. Uh, apologies for some of the uh, audio cutting kind of in and out there at the end. Uh, I don't know if that was our end or, or his with the uh, the phone signal, but I uh, got some of that info across. You, you heard some of the player comparisons there with, uh, you know, like Ray Allen. That's kind of one that, that I've been curious about. Chandler Parsons was the other one that the Shreya's kind of brought up. Uh, the Ray Allen one is super interesting. Now, uh, it, it's always tough to compare a guy who's like, uh, you know, an all-time great, but when you think of Ray Allen, you think of this being just, you know, knockdown three point shooter, the super repeatable shot, like had pretty good length, but he also did have like those plays where he could drive on a straight line drive and maybe hit a floater or had a little bit more to his game than just the three point shooting. And that does remind me a little bit of Grady Dick. Um, so I, I don't think that's that crazy of a comparison there, just when you look at you know, profiling somebody out, what is he compared to? And that has been something that uh, he's reminded me a little bit of so far in his college career. One hour down, two to go. We are going to get to our Chiefs offseason preview of the offense. We've got some Big 12 basketball talk. Dan Fitzgerald, the KU baseball coach, is going to join us in the 5 o'clock hour. Another edition of Florida Man Mad Libs. All that to come here on Rock Jock Sports Talk. With Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson. This is RCST on FM 1017, 1320 KLWN, KLWN KLWN.com, the KLWN app. Depend on it. About half past four, you're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. Get to some Big 12 men's basketball talk in a second here. Did you see uh, KU football announced a couple different dates for oh, the yeah. upcoming huge football news. season? Oh yeah,
1: huge news. Oh wait, for the upcoming football season? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I saw that too. What was the huge news you were talking about? Dude, Lindenwood! 2028! Oh, yeah, on! Huge well, big news. one.
4: I'm trying to pace David one. Beatty's alma mater. Is it really? Yeah.
1: I didn't know that. Yeah, their school that was Do you like- you think they scheduled them out of pettiness?
4: Probably <laughs> not. No. They were a school that was NAIA like 10 years ago. Yeah. And then they, they just made like a rapid ascension up the uh, college athletics. But yeah, they're, they're going to have uh, kicking off the season Thursday, August 31st, which I'm happy Do about. Do you like because- Thursday? I do because, like, the past couple years they've done the Friday thing, which I haven't loved because we have high school football and stuff going on. Yeah. Thursday's perfect for me. You get your primetime slot, you, you get the extra couple of days off between the next game. Okay. And we still get the
1: Friday. What? College football is played on Saturdays. Why don't we just play it on Saturday? What's the, what? I don't understand. What's so complicated about playing it on a Saturday? No, I get
4: it. First week of the season, you, you get a couple extra days for week two uh, to prepare, and then also you. Get kind of that standalone slot where now more people are tuning into your game. Well, KU football is going to win the national title, so more people are going to tune in anyway. Okay. Uh, homecoming is going to be October twenty eighth. That'll be against Oklahoma. Yeah, I don't love that. I mean, Oklahoma is good. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't we try to win on homecoming? <laughs> um, let's see. Family Weekend is September twenty third. That'll be against BYU. Okay. And then we have the—I don't know what they're calling this—but they're honoring the nation's armed forces. Oh, it's the Salute to Service game, November 11th against Texas Tech.
1: Will your parents come to Family Weekend? Uh, Are your parents KU people at all?
4: My my parents root for KU. Yeah, with me going well, because there because you stuff. went there. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Were they
1: KU people prior to that?
4: No. Well, so my my sister was born in Overland Park <gasps> and. Uh, you know, in the time there, my, my dad found himself rooting for KU and stuff just to okay. kind of, you know, jump along and sure. have fun. He didn't really have a college basketball team. My dad went to, you know, Cal State Northridge. Um, so, yeah, they, they root for KU and everything. But, okay. no, they're they're not going to.
1: They're not taking over. They usually no. They what usually, are they doing?
4: They usually come out for like one KU football game a year. It, it won't necessarily be family, but they they have had a a strong correlation with KU football winning games. The one okay. game they came out to this year was the Oklahoma State game. W. The I don't think they came out to a game the season prior. Um,
1: because of like COVID and stuff.
4: Yeah the the last game that they went to I want to say before the Oklahoma State game was 2019 against Texas Tech. Which was a win. Uh, Then they came out. Oh, that was barely a W. Yeah. It was a W, though. Then they came out. All Ws matter. The year before, maybe it was either the year before that or two years before that when they beat TCU on the butt fumble. Okay. And then the game before that they were out here for was the Texas game where they beat them in overtime. Mm. So maybe to to answer your question, do my parents have season tickets for football? No. Should they? Probably. Because uh, maybe they'd be undefeated. (laughs) So anyway, there's that. Uh, We had some big 12 results last night, some pretty big ones at that. I guess we'll start here. Texas just absolutely murdered Iowa State. Yeah, Iowa State sucks. (laughs) I don't know how else to put it. I mean. Well, they've certainly fallen apart. And and what's weird for Iowa State, it's so odd because you look at Kansas, you're like, Kansas has figured everything out. They've winning all these games. Iowa State is falling apart. And yet, in between Iowa State falling apart and in between Kansas
1: doing the opposite... Iowa State beat Kansas beat by their 15th. doors off. Kansas didn't even show up to the gym. Uh, the no, more I think, we were no, I think, removed from that game, I just thought I'd we're throw seeing, that away. Here's, here's, here's what I think we're seeing. I think we're seeing what great coaching... What the difference between good coaches and great coaches in college basketball looks like. And that is, a great coach figures it out in February. Puts his team... Where they need to be in February puts this team where that what whatever they their goals are, they they are building towards that in February, and a good coach might be a good coach, but maybe that doesn't quite happen for them, so to speak. I think we're seeing some of that with some of these others. I think we're seeing that with like with like TCU for example. Jamie Dixon, good coach, great coach, man, yeah, probably not. TJ Otzelberger, good coach, great coach, probably not. Spend too much time in the gym, probably. <laughs> Jerome Tang, maybe might be a great coach because K-State's playing pretty well late in February. Yeah. Scott Drew, good coach. Nah, eh. You know, that's what I think.
4: That's Iowa I think. State did this last year, too. They, uh, I mean, not as much in Big 12 play, but they started 12-0, and 0, and then they kind of limped to the finish line. They they went 7-12 and 12 yeah. over the course I mean, of Big 12 play in the tournament.
1: There's something to be said about, as a coach, having your team playing well at the right times of the season Mm -hmm. right like it's one thing to you know start conference play really hot like tcu like or i guess in this like this season like iowa state k-state it's another thing to be able to sustain that to be able to weather some tough games like kansas had kansas had some very tough games right three game losing streak in that in that early in the season but they weathered that and look where they are now that's the difference i think between yeah a coach like Bill Self and uh, some other good coaches, like, you know, good coaches. Well, I mean, for Texas, that was the one that, like,
4: was kind of their gimme remaining. I mean, it, it was still, you viewed it as a tougher game because Iowa State's still like a top 20 team on Ken Palm, but yeah. uh, among their four remaining games, that was by far the easiest for them. It was at home and everything, uh, but they're, they're really good. Uh,
1: Texas is really good. Texas is really good, and... After all the Chris Beard stuff, I think people kind of looked away from them a little bit. But besides Chris Beard, like they had assembled a very talented roster. Just besides Chris Beard. Yeah. And now I think we are seeing that a little bit with how they can just overpower some teams. Are like, you worried at all think. that they're going to win out Texas? I think they could.
4: Am I worried? No. If they win at Baylor on Saturday, will you start to be a little concerned?
1: So if they win at Baylor on Saturday, then they got TCU at and home?
4: Then can, uh, at TCU. At TCU. And then Kansas. But I think the idea that's going yeah. through my head is, no, oh, I they mean, have at Baylor and at TCU. Of course well, they'll lose one of those. I mean, but TCU sucks now. But that's the thing. If they win at Baylor, I'm going to view it as, well, I thought going in they'd lose one or two, and that might still not change, but now the the yeah. extra game is gone. like They have to lose at TCU, or Kansas is going to have to win in Austin.
1: Yes. I suspect that Kansas will just win in Austin regardless, but yes, I think I I like how worried am I? Not that worried. Like on a scale of 1 to worried, like a like a 3. Okay. 4.
4: Is worried to 5? I don't I don't know. No,
1: worried to worried to 10. Okay.
4: I do I I do think they'll lose one more time, but they look really good last night. Uh, but that's also college basketball. Again, what what we pointed out with Iowa State—they beat Kansas by 15—and then they've kind of gone through struggles. So
1: yes, uh, Baylor's coming off two
4: straight losses. Texas coming off a big win. You're like, oh, Texas is going to win at Baylor, and then Baylor will just beat them by 10. Yeah, that's just how it works.
1: Yeah, so I'm not I'm not that worried. Yeah, no.
4: I will say though, if they win at Baylor, I'll get well, a little worried.
1: KU won in the Big 12 by two games. Told you. I've Opportunity's told you. There. I told you three weeks ago.
4: Opportunities there. Well, and you okay. didn't believe me. Yeah. Oh, the opportunities there too. That like, what if what if Texas loses both their next two? What if they lose at Baylor and at TCU and Kansas goes into the game in Austin? and They're like, we're going to rest our starters. No, they would never do that, they, they and do nor it. have they ever done that under Bill Self. But
1: hypothetically, you could because you'd have the the Big Twelve Just clinch roll out, out right. MJ, Bobby, right? Uh, Ernest, Joe, Ernest, and I don't know Clements at the four if he's healthy. If, if he's healthy. <laughs> Jankovich. No Michael Jankovich. Jankovich, there we go.
4: There we go. See how many shots Michael Jankovich can get up in a game and make. I bet you it'd
1: be a lot dude, more than he's you a, think. He's a good three What's point saying? shooter. You set he's him up. Shooter. You set him up with the Grady Dick I mean, listen, regimen I don't think himself points, was boom. BSing earlier in the season when he was like, <laughs> We might need to roll Jank out there to shoot some threes. I don't think I don't think he was BSing anybody there. I think he was straight up serious. He was like, dude, this guy, he can't really do much else, but he can shoot threes. <laughs> I don't think he was I don't think he was I don't think he was screwing with anybody with that. I think he was I, serious. I think if uh,
4: if Michael Jankovic shot eight threes a game for this Kansas team, like in the flow of the offense, he is probably he's probably averaging making. 12 points a
1: game. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Now, it's just you're playing five on four on defense.
4: Yeah, that's the, that's the issue. It's not like a Connor Tehan situation where he's like, oh, but he's a really good defender or whatever. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not the case. No offense. No offense. Uh, Kansas State beat Baylor by ten last night, and I know yeah. you said going in we we talked about it before. Both you're like lose. well, who do you root for? And you were like, I I don't even want to think about it. Both lose. Do you feel better or worse afterwards?
1: Nah. I mean, Baylor. Pretty much. I think we pretty much know what Baylor is at this point. They're a, they're a really good offensive team that can score a lot of points, but also their defense is really bad, and so. If they, if they aren't scoring and if their guards aren't performing, then they're going to lose.
3: Period. End of story.
1: They don't they, like like that's the formula for Baylor, which is why I think they're like they're really really good, but like when you're that one dimensional as a team, are you going to lose in the first round of the tournament? Second round of the tournament? Well, you know who they are. And that's what I'm saying. They're 2012 Missouri. What's I don't know what's that. 2012
4: Missouri was the team that lost to Norfolk State in the first round. Okay, as you remember, uh, that team was number one in offense and 111th on defense. So
1: Baylor's what? 100 one on offense or no? I think they're actually two on offense. Yeah,
4: they no. just dropped. They to dropped two. What are they on defense? Gonzaga moved to number one. They're barely behind them at two. They're 93rd on defense.
1: Yikes! They're basically that Missouri team. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm nervous about Baylor. I mean, because. They're like I said. They're one dimensional. They, they. That's that's it. That's all they have. They have three and they, elite guards. They'll be the team too that like in the first half, like they could easily win their first game in the tournament, like
4: yes, ninety to thirty 60, points,
1: and then lose the and, next game.
4: Well, and then they'll get up in the first half of their second game, like fifteen, and everybody will be like, "Holy cow, this team's going to the final Four, and then they'll lose the game. Yes, right. Yes. So, I I don't know what to think of that. I uh, it is interesting though that Case State and Baylor are now tied for that. Basically, second slot. It's technically tied third. Yeah, uh, in the Big Twelve,
1: both are two games back. I guess technically, well, listen, if either I'll, one wins out, maybe they have a slight listen, chance. But probably not. I'll give a lot of credit to K State. They're they're way better than anybody thought they were going to be, right? And I even mentioned that when they when I got off the hot start, I was like, even if they collapse and they finish, you know, ten and eight, nine and nine in conference, that's still like four games better than I think most people thought they were going to be, mm-hmm. right? So they're still in a really good spot, and they're probably going to be a Three or four seed in the NCAA tournament. Well, I mean, they were three already and now they won this game. What if they get a two seed? They're not gonna get a two seed. We'll see. I don't think. Baylor's probably dropped don't, off the two line. They don't, they're not deserving of a two seed, I don't think.
4: They were three in the reveal. They'd just be Baylor, who was the two.
1: That would I would be kind of triggered by that actually. <laughs>
4: well, I, I do think that basically puts the official fork in Baylor. Because Baylor it wasn't looking Has great like the big ball anyway. title. Yeah, yeah but they're like done. they're done. They they could have still worked their way into a share of it If they would have won that game If they would have won that game, there would have been a game back Fine They still play Texas at home But now they lost, it's just Kansas and Texas Uh, yeah Because the yeah. only way that Kansas State or Baylor can share the Big 12 They'd have to win out And both Texas and Kansas would have to go 1-2 and two down the stretch And
1: we spent a month playing Ring Around the rosy with six teams Thinking, oh, TCU, Iowa State K-State <laughs>
4: Well, now there's KU, three Texas. games to go. Yep, it's two teams. KU, Texas, Kansas, and Texas.
1: And, oh, wait, uh, it's actually just one team. KU.
4: KU has the much easier schedule, so that's certainly helpful. But again, Texas wins at Baylor Saturday. Start to tighten up a little. bit. On a bit. scale of one to worried, will you increase? Yeah, I'll say uh, right now my worry level of of Kansas losing the Big Twelve. Honestly, I'm pretty relaxed. Number one or no, no, two, no. right? Worry level of
1: Texas, but if Texas, winning out. yeah, oh, if Texas winning out. Um, if they win on Saturday when oh, they win on Saturday, is that when the game is Saturday? Yeah. Okay.
4: Uh, so right now, them winning out would be like a two. I don't think it's going to happen, but I do acknowledge the possibility of it. If it they, if they beat Baylor, it goes up to a six. Wow, mm-hmm. That's a big jump. It's like slightly above fifty percent. Yeah, it is a big jump. I mean, that's uh, Baylor's a good team. They're playing them on the road, right? Yeah. Game they're not supposed to win. Yeah. They win it. Uh, that's a little scary all right he's nick springer i'm derek johnson this is rock chalk sports talk on klwn depend on it five o'clock hour you're listening to rock chalk sports talk on klwn i'm derek johnson along with me nick springer joined now by dan fitzgerald the head coach for the KU baseball team, two and one start to the year uh, series opening victory against Valpo last week down in, in Texas coach. Thanks for uh, coming on again this week. What was maybe your biggest positive takeaway from week one and, and what's something that you're going to be looking to improve moving forward?
2: Yeah. Thanks for having me on fellas. Uh, Good, good opening weekend. I thought the uh, a lot of positives to take away, but you know, tried to simplify it weekend one and, and asked them really to be locked in every pitch and, and, uh, to be a great teammate. And I thought if we did that, we'd, we'd be just fine. And, and the guys were, they were locked in, uh, focus was great, intensity was great, our dugout was great. And I thought they were behind each other every at bat. And, and so just the team piece of it, I was really pleased with. Uh, we played some ugly baseball at times, but, you know, you can correct that, but it's it's hard to hard to correct that if you don't have the team thing going. And so uh, they did an outstanding job of sticking together and, and fighting together.
4: Colin Baumgartner had uh, five really solid innings pitched in his first start of the year. What'd you like about his performance and, and what he can bring to the table this year?
2: Yeah, I mean, Colin is a steady, steady performer, and, and I like the six punch-outs and no walks. I mean, I... <laughs> A a no-walk start is always a a good thing. So I I love the fact, you know, he gave up a run, three hits over five, and, you know, six punch-outs, but I thought he was in control and, you know, just set the tone and really showed, I think, the rest of our staff, like, hey, here's how you prepare and here's how you go out and attack hitter. So, yeah, he did exactly what a number one does
4: you know in the the major league game we've seen so much of this kind of like statcast type of stuff enter into the game whether it's exit velocities and spin rates and, and all these other keywords that, that you hear over and over again how is that kind of entered into the college game is is that something that you guys have access to or or is that just kind of on the the outskirts of uh, college baseball to this point no you
2: know I think a lot of that actually originated in the college game and I was kind of front seat to a lot of that stuff at, at dallas baptist university with a guy by the name of Wes johnson who went on to be the minnesota twins pitching coach and now is at lsu and and we were started using the you know, track man at a uh, in a pretty cool way at, at a time when you know track man was in some stadiums but not really being used by the colleges and we started kind of digging heavy into it and uh now it's taken off so it's everything you see in the big leagues we have access to obviously their sample sizes are a lot bigger because they've got you know 162 game season but also you know all the spring training games all the instruct games and then each organization with you know low A double A triple A and and everything else so uh their sample sizes are bigger and, and their data we end up stealing a lot of their their uh I get data points because they're they're able to collect things so much faster. But no, all that stuff is alive and well in college, and it's really changed the game. And, and some for the better, and some for the worse. You know, they're they're uh, you know the launch angle stuff and elevating the ball like that's very true over 162 games. When you know you have a guy that's going to strike out 150 times, but he's also going to hit 60 home runs. Well, that's a little bit different in college. Like guys don't the strikeout isn't as big, and and obviously the home run isn't either. So those definitely, obviously, uh, there's definitely a trickle down, but um, very, very similar.
1: Coach, you took this job back in the summer. I'm curious, just what was going through your mind? What was the emotional state of your mind, stepping on the field for the first time on Friday night for that first game of the season?
2: Yeah, you know, it was exciting. I think the course of... 20 years or whatever that I've done this, you know, slowly brainwashed myself into practicing what I preach of taking a day at a time. And, and, you know, I think sometimes as coaches, we say stuff and, and, uh, you know, I think as a young coach, you'd say something like that to a player and then find yourself racing ahead six months to your first game. And, you know, I, I just years ago kind of got myself into a, a spot mentally of, I just really don't allow myself to go a whole lot down the line when it comes to, I just don't want to miss anything in the preparation today uh, or tomorrow for our game on, on Friday. So yeah, at game time, it felt normal. It felt like just another game. And then, you know, uh, obviously the responsibility is a little different. I haven't been a head coach in 10 years. So you, a little bit different, uh, you know, gotta kind of bring the lineup card out there and um, there's certainly some excitement and some, uh, there's always drama on opening day with, you know, pictures and, a billion parents and you know, the guys are amped up. So there was some of that. But but to be really honest, it just it it, it was fun, like just another day of baseball with playing someone else with a different uniform on. So it, it actually felt really good.
1: You took the game on Friday night, lost on Saturday, but came back on Sunday with the win. What did you like or what did you what did you like from your team, I guess, in responding to the game on Saturday and coming back to, to win the series on Sunday?
2: Well, yeah, Saturday we were terrible. And and uh, really just super clunky you know it was a it was a five nothing game in the sixth and I really you know wanted to score some runs but I really wasn't super concerned because we've shown the ability to really string some at-bats together and and we had really squared up the ball pretty good so you know usually when you're lining out over and over you're going to get one to bleed or, or you're going to hit a three-run shot so I wasn't I wasn't uberly really concerned and then you know in the eighth we just we really imploded in the bullpen and then, you know, strung some bats together in the ninth. And so I, I credited the guys on Sunday for what we did Saturday. So Saturday in the ninth, you know, we scored three runs. We load the bases with two outs and, and, and Chase Jantz hits a line shot, the center that their their guy makes a diving catch on. If it gets past him, it's an easy inside the park home run. And I said, guys, let, let's say Chase gets that ball past inside the park home run. It's 11-7 how hacked off would we have been for how we played for the last three hours knowing that we kind of handed them this one. And so we took the momentum into Sunday and um, was super pleased with how they bounced back. And, and uh, you know, we jump out and, and score, uh, you know, scored, and then they come back, and, and so we're up 2 nothing. They come back, go up 4-2. to two. And then we answered right back in the six with four runs of our own. And, and so I thought when we had a chance to kind of tuck our head and, and uh, you know, not respond, we really did the opposite. And we just all of a sudden, runners on base and pressure and, you know, hard hit ground balls with two strikes. And then Chase Jans, who, you know, had hammered the ball the night before, uh, unleashed one and, and Hit a three-run shot to put us up six-four. So yeah, I was I was super pleased with their response. I was really proud of the guys. You know, it's uh, uh, disappointing to to lose on Saturday, but you know, flush it fast and get ready to play on Sunday.
4: Is it difficult at all being at a school like Kansas where? You know, in the Midwest up here, it's a little bit colder during the off-season months versus you know some of the schools down in the South where it's maybe warmer. To maybe in the early going of the season, grab your bearings. Does it take a little bit longer for for a team like uh, you guys or, or when you were up in Des Moines?
2: Yeah, uh, probably to some to some degree, but you know we've been you know if, as long as it's not sleeting. Um, or uh, at a spot where it put a player in danger health wise. We're outside and and you know we have turf and you know it is warmer. Whatever the temperature is outside, it's always a little bit warmer on the turf. So thankfully, it's usually things like fly pop ups and fly balls and and just kind of some of the uh, things that you can't replicate inside of a football indoor or inside of Anschutz and shoots uh, and. But yeah, Des Moines for sure. I mean, it, you know, three four hours north of here, it's a whole different game. And then, you know, I'm from three four hours north of there in Minneapolis. So, um, yeah, I think there is a little bit of a um, just acclimating to uh, to being outside. More, you know, the <laughs> fighting, all of our guys were sunburned. this weekend i said guys i know you haven't seen the sun in a couple months but like it's been there for 10 billion years so you know a little sunscreen never hurt anyone but uh yeah no we we uh we fortunately we were able to get outside a ton over the past few weeks so that didn't really factor in for us
4: we're talking with dan fitzgerald of the ku baseball team uh this week you guys have oakland and again you're going to be playing down in texas Ah, uh, four game set this time. What what sticks out to you about what Oakland brings to the table, and and what you're looking at of your squad this week?
2: Yeah, Oakland, uh, you know, played down at Lamar this past weekend and and played them tough in all three games. Uh, you know, I think they're a scrappy group. I think they they seem to be highly competitive at the plate and and have some older pitching, which you know, part of the name of the game in college baseball right now is staying old. So. They they have that they've got some guys that that have some starts under their belt some JUCO guys that have been around a while so uh, they'll definitely be competitive you know you talk about coming from a cold weather climate you know I promise they haven't been out as much as we have so uh, we'll try to use that to our advantage but they're they're a good team you know last year they they put together a thirty some win season and you know a team that coaching staff that recruits hard and and uh, you know, that's the thing. I told these guys it doesn't really matter who you're playing. Uh, everyone's good. Everyone recruits hard. Everyone, Everyone's developing. Uh, we've just got to do a good job playing the baseball. And, you know, it sounds so coach speak, but it, it really is true. Like, if we can just play the situation, play the count, and, and play against the ball and not get caught up, and whether it's, you know, Oakland or Valparaiso, or if it's someone in the Big 12 or the SEC or whatever, it really is just a faceless opponent and then in a situation you got to work
4: through a fun one to finish here you guys just played on whataburger fields over the weekend so uh i'll ask the the debate that uh many people have weighed in on whataburger or in and out
2: well you know i've got nine years of texas blood in me and so i've (laughs) got to say whataburger and and, you know i I, there wasn't in and out in uh in dallas but uh, there was a Whataburger not far from where we lived, and and uh, my boys, I brought my boys through that drive-through at Whataburger in, in Grand Prairie, Texas, probably as much as anyone in the world has. So yeah, I'm, I'm Whataburger all the way. I'm in and outs good, but Whataburger all day long.
4: There we go. Well, Coach, I appreciate the time again, and uh, good luck this weekend in, in another series against Oklahoma in the four-game set, or Oakland, excuse me.
2: Yeah, thanks, fellas.
4: Rock Chalk. All right, that's Dan Fitzgerald, head coach for the KU baseball team. You can catch all their action against Oakland in the upcoming week. They'll be back home uh, the week after. So uh, you'll certainly want to check out things for uh, KU playing their uh, home opener here in just a few weeks. All right, this is Rock Chalk Sports Talk. We're going to switch gears. Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson. Florida Man Mad Libs next
0: cover police officer, all while wearing a shirt that said Coke on
4: it. Ever wondered just how crazy headlines can get? And now the Broward Sheriff's Office is looking into this one, so if you recognize the defecating deviant dropping deuces on driveways, give Broward Crime Stoppers a call.
0: Our headline experts have you covered. 42-year-old man was arrested for riding his bicycle on the front lawn of a Naples home and telling a woman inside he was an FBI agent. This is Florida Man Matt Libs. With
4: Derek Johnson, Nick Springer, and Sam Speck on Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Welcome back in to Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Uh, quick correction. I said KU Baseball back at home. In two. It's sort of. They, they're they at Belmont next week, and then they have Wichita State on March 8th. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe They've that got is a in two game. weeks. I, I don't know. I, I don't this know. This February being only 20 28 seconds, days mess you up. It, it really does mess me up. It really does mess <laughs> me up. So it, it it's like 15 days, 16 days to their home opener against Wichita State. Something yeah, like but that.
1: But their first series isn't until later in March.
4: Yes, correct. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, Florida Men Mad Libs, Sam Speck is with us in studio.
0: What's up? Let's do it. Week Yo, number 11. That's right. We are just a couple of weeks. Nick is actually stretching yeah, away. In case he anyone forgot. away.
1: Derek. Is a loser. So, I like, just felt
0: stinks. bad. I won the first season.
4: Yeah, I, I didn't want to blow him out, you know. Well,
0: and again, so if blah, you're not, blah, uh, blah, blah. If you're not aware, here's how it works. We have a 12 week season, and then the 13th week is championship, and we'll see what the boys. Uh, Derek has a lot of making yeah, up. Yeah, I got to some do. ground to make up. So we got a lot of making up to do
1: before we the get to the era win of Nick Springer's. Here. However,.
0: It's We're we're not shamed to betting odds and what? odds and things like that. So if we get to work week 13, it's up to you. Do you oh. want to do double or not? Oh, bad? yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll, like we'll spice it up, probably. That's a, okay, we'll so probably spice we it. may spice it up. But as of right now, we are on week 11 of season two, and this is how it works. Of course, for you at home, we really encourage you to be a part of the game because that's the point. These two will decide which redacted word that belongs in the correct headline, which, by the way, these are con- completely legitimate headlines that uh actually surprisingly enough all four of these have been compiled from the last week so the last seven days majority of them come out of florida the majority of them again it makes it a little bit easier but the first round of course will only have one redacted word it's only worth one point and then the next three will be worth three points however there will only be two redacted words but if you get them both correct obviously you get the three points so at home I would like to keep uh, you to have you uh, keep your own scoreboard and and uh, follow along and be a part of this. But as of right now, again, Nick, right now in season two, in a good lead. But are you boys ready for week number eleven? Are we ready. born yes. ready? All right, here we go. And again, like I said, it is pretty. It's pretty easy to find them out of the state of Florida. So we'll start with that. Florida man uses a blank, an attempt to rob a Publix, and a Publix is like a. Yeah, that that's like a that's their store? big grocery store. Yeah, it's, oh. like a, it's like a store. It's like an oh, Aldi okay. or a Publix or a... But it's like, it's... it's. A lot of people... Like
4: I've like seen this been to article. So no, like no, no, no. I've just Walmart been to a Publix. I like, so haven't seen this. Um, like Walmart? So No. It's like East Coast uh, it's, Aldi. It's like if you combined a Dillon's with like a deli. Dillon's has a deli. No, but like a, a deli that people actually go to and consistently buy sandwiches, like legit East like Coast a sandwich deli. deli. Yes. Oh, and yeah. they, they have all sorts of other stuff. Like people do sometimes at Dylan's, but like a lot of people go and eat lunch at like a Publix. So, okay.
0: all right. So again, Florida man uses a blank in his attempt to rob a Publix, but okay. it is either a dog, a stapler, or a banana in his attempt to rob a Publix.
1: Okay. So again, <laughs> there's a,
0: there's a lot of there's a lot of avenues you can go down yeah. here.
1: Okay. What are you guys thinking? I feel like it's not dog Yeah I think it's either banana or
4: stapler That was my thought So my thought is that he's I Using have, the I have banana have multiple thoughts So I think he's using the banana And he's doing the thing Where he's got it like yep, Under his yep. shirt That's exactly uh, what I mean. right no, I yeah, He's got it I in his the pocket shape, The shape and of it he's using yes. it as a gun Now stapler he could still do that with You can open it up Or you can keep it right Yeah Um you could also just use the stapler as a weapon. Exactly, right? I mean, what if it, you have a
0: lot of
1: options. Stapler. stapler or staple gun? Yeah, what if it's, the, yeah, what it's, if it's just type of stapler, stapler where you can, like, fire the staples? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, staple like, gun. No, 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 but you can, like, can't you just, I don't it's know. a staple gun. Okay, never mind.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, same thing with a nail gun. Like, a, a nail gun, yes, is threatening, but at the same time, there's a lot that you have to do for it in order for it to work. <laughs> it's like just like a staple Sir, gun, do you have an outlet for me to plug in this nail gun? You're about to be in trouble if you don't. No, uh, but the the word that was used was either banana. Stapler, I'm, yeah, I'm banana, banana or dog. So between just to be different three, from Derek, I'm gonna pick stapler. Okay, so Nick's gonna go with stapler, and Derek locking in with banana, which again makes sense because we mm-hmm. had one with about finger guns the other day, which again is just about the shape. But here it is, yep. full unredacted word. First round, Florida man uses a. Stapler in ah, his attempt bang. to rob a Publix. So, yes, indeed, it was a stapler. In context, uh, he didn't get very far. In fact, it was non-threatening. There was no injuries reported. Nothing really much happened there. I like to include the context, by the way. Yeah, that's a puzzling one. It, it, it stapler, again, I don't know if you've ever, unfortunately, maybe accidentally stapled yourself, but it doesn't, oh, it feel, sucks. I mean, it doesn't yeah, feel great. It doesn't feel great. Yeah, so, you like, could have used it. I mean, it. it's
1: not like a... Yeah if i was like your your opportunities for wielding it are limited right yeah very much so very much so. A very Nick,
4: small surface area that you have to hit them with, too. Exactly.
1: Well,
0: you know? and that's a good point. Anyway. But Nick comes away with one point, one to that's zero after the first round. And now we've got, again, a potential for three points. And why I say three points, and that means you get the whole thing right. But you have the potential to maybe come away with one point. Sam is certain that he's going
4: to stump so. both of us on one of On basis. one of them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I, by the way, Sam came in before the segment and said that he was going to stump. Yeah. Us. But we'll see. We'll see. I'll, we'll see. I'll have to do something then because I, can't, I did come in high and tidy, didn't I? I came in. No. We, oh, yeah. It no, was I, fight words. Yeah. Where, well, where's the wager, though? Why did I come in here without a wager? I, gotta, I, 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 bet I, I don't know. That's, okay. Well, uh, that's we'll on you that anyway. But uh, Florida man doing blank at an intersection <laughs> allegedly <laughs> hits a patrol car with his blank, then flees on foot. So again, this is kind of a mouthful. Okay. But this is 100% a legitimate headline. And here's the first redacted word: a Florida man doing either push-ups. The Macarena, or donuts at an intersection, allegedly hits patrol car with his blank, then flees on foot. Okay. Okay. So, well, Macarena push-ups, donuts, donuts the one. makes the most logical sense. Yeah,
1: because
4: the, the second you, half of the this implies half, that he's getting out of something or like going yeah, on foot,
1: yeah, fleeing on right? foot. Yeah. So the, the implication would be that he he's doing donuts and he hits the patrol car with like his, with his car. Or whatever,
4: yeah. Right. But what if he was like in his car doing the Macarena? What if he had, what if he
1: had, uh no, 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 no. Or he's what on a bike he, or something. No, what if he had the, what if he had the Maracas and he was doing it and okay. he like flung it at the, at the car, at the, at the patrol car. That would be the best day. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I still am going to go donuts though. <laughs> donuts. Okay. I don't really, Derek I don't really, s- I'm, I, I don't see the avenue for pushups to be the answer. Here. That would be a weird one. Like, no. I'm not, I'm trying to figure out what, like yeah if he's fleeing if on he's foot push- well, it's clearly he was in something that in- wasn't on foot uh, okay though. here's what i'm envisioning i'm envisioning that this guy was on foot to begin with i think he would never was in it but car. then i don't think they would mention
4: he fleed on foot afterwards but you
1: you know you make your own decision
4: what if he, he, he what if with it donuts? was
1: like a, I i don't know a, a bicycle or a moped or something i don't then think that's I, don't, not on foot. I don't think he was on it no but i'm saying i don't think he was i don't think he was in a car he was either oh, doing yeah, donuts, funny. Yeah, It, might, it, might, or it might be a bike or something, I'm picking a scooter, the motor scooter. I'm so oh, always going to the
0: Macarena. I like it. Okay, so a Florida man, again, doing either push-ups, the Macarena, donuts at an intersection, was allegedly, or excuse me, allegedly hit a patrol car with a shopping cart, a bat, <sighs> or his vehicle, <laughs> then flees on foot. So See, a you, lot I, of them make like sense. You have to it, go with vehicle. You almost I mean I am been a shopping cart. Are you really? Wow. I think this guy doing was at an section doing donuts a with cart? a shopping
4: cart. Got away from him and hit the th- house. was like, "Oh no, I'm in How trouble." Do you do and you're a shopping cart. <laughs> That's, <laughs> just like that any to vehicle. That's actually a vehicle. You don't do them very person. well. What do you <laughs> mean? You the cart gets no away. Way. What do you
1: mean just like near the vehicle? There's, it's not a vehicle. It has wheels, there's doesn't no, it? There's no there's no motor aspect to You're not going to be burning donuts. You can't
4: you can't spin your your shopping cart in a circle? Yeah, but it's that's about burning. donuts.
0: Like you even said uh, it's about... I, mean, I don't know. I don't, don't want to get Shopping cart. Okay, okay, so Derek's had his shopping car. But again, it's a bat. I'm right, you again, owe $200. He could have All right, so allegedly hit the cop car okay. with
1: a bat, his own so, vehicle, or a shopping here's, car. Here's what I'm thinking. I think it could be his own vehicle, because maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he was doing the Macarena in his car, and he, like, I don't know, hit the gas or something and accidentally and rammed into the cop car or something. or like You know what I mean? Like, like maybe this guy was just so into the dance... That he just, you know what I mean. Now, I you're think really, the bat option would be like <laughs> you're really stuck on this. I back think the bat option like. would be that he was doing the dance in the intersection, minding his own business, and somebody like honked at him or was like, "Dude, what are you doing? Like, get out of the intersection." And he was like, "Dude, I'm, I'm, I'm living my life. I'm dancing here." And He said, "Just now." What I don't understand is, I'm not quite sure where the baseball bat would come, like why no. he would have it to begin with. It uh, could be so in the I back think, of a
0: car. could I be think, in the shopping cart. could be he might just be hanging on to it again. For those gonna, at home. I'm going to go
1: with vehicle. Okay.
0: Allegedly patro- uh, hits the patrol car it, with though. either a car, a bat, or a shopping cart. And then he flees on foot. Both of you come away with a foot. Uh, Derek on the first one. Florida man doing donuts at an intersection. Allegedly hit patrol car with his vehicle. Then flees on foot. So it was mm. simple. See? How simple is that? So and, we just got one point, though. That, yeah, yes, That's annoying, though, yes, know, because... Yeah, that's that's the house. This is what I'm saying. I thought the house was going to win on that one, but you boys beat me. So, so I still have a couple of rounds okay. here to try. And I I liked the Macarena answer. I just wanted it to you be like that. I just like wanted that? it to Will, be will it, be will it be into existence. existence. It was either the Macarena or the Chicken Dance. It was a it was a mixture of the two of them. But here we go. You both got a point. Um right now, Derek with a 2-1 slim lead here in week number 11. But let's go to it. Florida man drove through a blank, damages blank, then crashed into a house. So, Everybody's fine. The guy's probably a little injured. He's probably a little banged up after his car accident. But here's the first redacted word. Of course, round two has two redacted words. So we'll get to the second one in a moment. But a Florida man drove through a school, a cemetery, or a retirement home. Damages a blank, then crashed into a home. So this this is already... I mean, we've taken a left turn. Yeah. This, we've taken a left turn. But yeah. like I said, context-wise, I do do a lot of reading into these ever since
1: my first week mistake. All no right, one so injured. Off the We're top fun. of my head, I think cemetery sticks out. But the thing about cemeteries is like, are there normally a ho- like a lot of homes nearby? A cemetery? Like, if mm. he crashed into a home after driving There's less through,
0: homes, but usually there's going to be you some think It's like living you next to an airport. Some? Yeah, it's like
1: it's, yeah. there's less, but they are there. You yeah. think it would still be there? Because yeah. like- Okay, the retirement home. That just—I don't see how that's possible. I don't see how that's possible. I mean, retirement homes are usually pretty large buildings. So you're telling I, me this dude like <laughs> literally drove like but through same the thing whole with the school? How did he drive through the school? Well, maybe he
4: just drove through like I think it's a cemetery. It. I think maybe, it's a cemetery. Maybe he just drove through part of it. No, Sam said nobody's like injured or whatever. Nope. So, see, that,
1: see, if it's a retirement home, the old people can't get out of the way fast enough. Right. So and somebody probably would have ran over. So that's a, I mean, too big. I'm,
4: I'm going-
0: Maybe he just I'm popped sorry. the front wall, though. Like what? It doesn't mean they have to get out of the way. Like <laughs> It's not like they had to dodge something. yeah, yeah I, mean, I don't story. know. There are some I, crazy the, stories. Okay, the school. So, yeah. Derek uh, on cemetery. Is that what you said? Yep. Okay, I think, Nick. I think I'm going to go with cemetery also. Okay, so both Coward. Nick- and Derek walking in on cemetery there. Four man drove Scoreboard. through either, again, a retirement home, a cemetery, or a school. Then he damages a cafeteria, headstones, or the entrance, then crashed into a house. See, this was not nice of you. This is tough. Because told you, you, you purposely now we're all these
4: three in. answers are locked in into different yeah. Answers yeah.
1: Yeah, that's, that's going to finally one. win again. This is tough. I mean, it could easily be the entrance to the cemetery. Yeah. Maybe you ram through the gate headstones though. Phonetically speaking. No, I is, no, I The know.
4: Cafeteria would have gone with the school, but
1: like Yeah. Or, or, the or retirement, or the retirement home. home. Yeah. You can have got, a cafeteria yeah, in areas, homes. true. Maybe there's a cafeteria There might at the be headstones cemetery. at the retirement so wait, home heat. too. Wait, can you can you reread the whole headline? Maybe there's a cafeteria man
0: drove a blank or excuse me, drove through a blank damages. Blank, then crashed into a house. So again, Florida man drove through a blank. Maybe there's a cemetery. Then damages something, either the entrance, the cafeteria, or the headstones. Then crashed into a house. Maybe there's a cafeteria
1: at the cemetery. (laughs) What? Dude, you're going to a funeral and you need some refreshment? Oh my goodness. (laughs) Maybe there's.
0: Maybe there's headstones. Uh, I the think we'll end in there. Who knows? Uh, no, I. <laughs> <laughs>
4: so <you guys laughs> All right. both went All right, the both. What are you going cipety? with, Derek? <laughs> I'm gonna do cafeteria. cafeteria. I think my yep. first one's wrong. Oh, oh okay. Oh, but okay. you've already locked in, so he nope. can't go back. I'm just gonna. Pick I'm hoping you he- okay. go
1: for two, and I go one for two. I'm just gonna pick. I'm gonna pick the entrance then. The okay. entrance. Wow. Okay. Because the, and if I was wrong. On the cemetery, maybe the entrance was right.
0: Well, here it is.
1: Florida man drove through a
0: cemetery. Good job, boys. So both of you guys got it. Nice, nice no. point for him. Damages the headstones. Okay, it was, crashed yeah, into house. So I got you on the second one there, but we you got baited there. Away. Yeah, we did. You both came away. He's with gone one, so.
4: simple on the second answer. Yeah. To the last two. See? Yeah. See, I'm yeah. trying. Is to that the trend, yeah. or is now the third one going to be the, no, 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 throw no, no, the road it's it's it away? Third one's going to be totally <laughs> different.
0: I bet. So here we go. Florida man going 115 miles an hour yells blank to deputy. Then blanks. So the <laughs> okay, second one... Very, <laughs> short, very short and
4: simple. Love it. <laughs> yeah. Florida
0: uh, man... Expecting you, you to like keep talking, and then it <laughs> <we just>, was... <laughs> nope. That's it. Florida man going 150 miles an hour. Yells... 115, by the way. Yells either... F U, which <laughs> again I'm trying to be uh, yeah. uh, fun. Know, university, PG. Mm-hmm. God bless America, or I'm sorry to a deputy. As uh, <laughs> then he blanks. So again, a Florida man going 115 miles an hour yells either I'm sorry, F U, God bless America to the deputy, okay. then blanks. <laughs> we'll get to. Well, this I'm, I'm gonna
1: let you pick first because I I'm you do year, so. right. three two
0: lead. So what do we got? Three. Two right, I lead. think it's either
1: God bless America or I'm sorry. <laughs> You don't think okay. an you would have come are out? my man. two guesses no. as well. Okay. So I'm just. Okay. I'm just gonna I think it might be. I'm you know. sorry because maybe like maybe his wife is pregnant. Yeah. And, okay. she, and, that was my and he's thought. trying to get her to the hospital. Okay. And he's like, dude, I'm sorry. I yep. listen. This is more important than a speeding ticket. I'm sorry. We got to get there. Now and then the guy America marijuana. Me and this is Florida. You know that's just classic. <laughs> just classic. Yeah. But so, I, oh. I'm gonna go with I'm sorry. Okay. Oh, he's that was an going to be my guess
4: as well, but I need... Well, I guess it could be different on the second one. You're still up by one. 3-2, right? No, that's, he's, yeah, up, one. Up, he's oh, up, one. up one. Oh, I'm um, up one. I'm up one. I'm up three to two. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Shoot, man. I, I could just go different on the second one and keep this one the same.
0: Uh, Decisions. We're going to go, God bless America. God bless America. Oh, It is, it is Florida then, oh. I'll tell you what. Mm-hmm. So again, Florida man going 115 miles an hour, obviously pulled over and then escorted from his vehicle, yells either, God bless America, F you, or I'm sorry to the deputy. Then he gets hit by a car, Oh, runs away, or flees into a swamp. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? So we can go with the simple one. Yeah, he just ran away. I'm going flees into the
4: swamp. Fleas that that goes better with the God Bless America. God bless this guy you. is just—he's just, dude, he's just a man an American in the lie. What? at all possible. Oh my you know? dude! What? He's a free man. I have no <laughs> idea what he to wants think. to live in the swamp. He's not going to be free much longer. <laughs> no, he
0: got
1: caught. He was arrested. Uh, <laughs> <after>. <laughs> I do okay, like well, reading the context to some of these. Let's, let's see. Runs away. Gets hit by a car. That's, the gets hit by a car is pretty morbid. I don't know if I want to pick that one.
0: Everybody's fine, though. I mean, again, okay. I, I If don't. everybody's fine, I might pick it then. <laughs> I made those mistakes week two. Uh, you yeah. know what? I did one. Gets hit by a car. I'll pick wow, it. You're, you're a jerk. Nick's going to lock <laughs> in with gets hit by a car. Now, come on, it's he fine.
1: Is. He said he's fine. Give me something good.
0: Here's what it is, and... You guys beat me in the bet because the house didn't win because Nick did get the first one. Florida Man going one hundred fifteen miles an hour yells, I'm sorry to the deputy. <laughs> but he was really just running away. So I tried to beat uh, you just ran away. I was trying to beat you with simplicity this week. Uh, uh, I, I like really that. was. I really was, was ruined and uh that's, that's another W. But Nick coming away with a win for two. Hey, Derek, the best part of winning Oof. ugly Winning <laughs> I think I have to win out.
4: I don't know. I think actually that might have clinched it for you. You're gonna, well, no, you're gonna bro, have to do like a we, shutout. Yeah. yeah, we'll
1: do next like a week. put up or shut up okay. thing or for one's the ones for the double or something. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. Final
0: week. Again, we're gonna be moving to week twelve next week for regular season, which is the final, and then week thirteen is the championship. But we got to wrap things up. Thank you, boys, for right. including me. We now go
1: live to the number one loser, Derek <laughs> <That's Johnson>. right. I <laughs> won the first <laughs> time. Thoughts next
4: week. I won the first time, and this time is an asterisk. It's a Mickey Mouse season. Doesn't count. He's Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. That's Florida Man Mad Libs. This is RCST on KLWN. Depend on
1: Thanks for listening to the best of RCST podcast. And a reminder you can catch our show Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 live on KLWN and Lawrence, 101.7 FM, 1320 AM, or anywhere you're online at KLWN.com or the KLWN app. Thanks for listening.